Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Formation with that Steelers sack, the law firm of Bordas and Bordas will make another $500 donation to the runner. It was blocked, picked up by the Steelers into the end zone. That's a Pittsburgh touchdown on the block punt. Yuli Gilbert blocked the punt and running it into the end zone was Terrell Edmonds for the touchdown. UG3, Billy. It was UG3, Ulysses Gilbert, the third. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the locker room. The locker room is finally open. We are here. We are rejoicing. We are having a great time, and I want you to welcome Max Starks into the locker room. And, you know, before we get started, I will say this. We've been through a big one with losing Chaluch, and I am – right now I'm not prepared to talk about it, and we're going to roll on and talk about the game. But I want – Max, you come on in the locker room. I am so happy because I know one thing. Chaluch loved you, brother. He's so – and I know he's so happy you have become – me, in a sense, boy, is that scary. Okay. <laughs> Before I get lost here, you are part of the locker room now, Max. Welcome. I am so excited to be a part of this locker room, Wolf, and I'm just looking forward to, to moving in a direction where we can still keep some things the same and a little bit of change in the process. But, you know, knowing that I'm here with – Knowing that I'm here with, can you guys hear me? Okay. Hello? Are we there? Oh, okay. Are oh, we, we dropped there, Max. I'm sorry, brother. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, here's the thing that you love. We as offensive linemen, retired offensive linemen, you understand that not everything goes quite as planned, and somehow, some way, we got lost for, in the uh, ether world for a second or two there. But uh, let's bring it back. And again, Max, just so happy as we start this new year, 2021, 
and the Steelers go into Buffalo, and it was what an incredible day. Uh, it it was a tremendous day, you know. On, on the ride up to the stadium, it was you saw you saw the fandom. You knew this was real. You saw the, just. The Buffalo fans, they're doing their Buffalo things. <laughs> Cousin Eddie's of the world. Uh, and it just, it gave you that, that itch. It gave, cause you're like, this is week one. This is, this is game one. This, the first regular snaps of the season are going to be played here. And it would, it did not disappoint a packed stadium. Steeler fans are going at it with Buffalo fans. <laughs> and we had a rocking stadium yesterday. It was awesome. You know, Max, I go in, I, I, going in back to my hometown, of course. I grew up in Orchard Park, New York. Actually, 2.4 miles from that stadium. And I say 2.4 because I actually ran to the stadium and back a couple of times as a young buck before I got to be a hog. But, you know, the thing about it is, um, going in there, you knew that you were going to face this tsunami of volume of voices, this emotion, which has been kind of sweeping over the whole country. I mean, and you, you also do college football. You know what it's like to be in a stadium full of people that, okay, we're a little bit COVID crazy. We're ready to get out and, and hoot and holler a little bit and rejoice in a game that celebrates kind of uh, getting out there and letting your yayas out, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean... I was I was I was in Tennessee on Saturday for the Pitt Tennessee game. It looked the same as the game on Sunday, as far as the crowd, the pageantry, and it was like wow. I went from one place to the other, and not a lot changed. Mm-hmm. It was just the colors, and they went from orange and white to to red and blue, <laughs> and the, and and both Pitt teams were on the road. Yep, exactly so. So I, I look at this, man, it, you know, as we went in there and just the whole noise, the first thing I could think about was because as offensive linemen that we that we are, uh, you're sitting there going, you know what, we've got four new guys on the offensive line, half of which are rookies. You also have in the two most important, probably two of the most important positions you've got a center who's directing traffic he's the nerve center of the offensive line and then the quarterback's blind side is is you know Ben Roethlisberger's blind side is another rookie I mean that that does tend to have a little trepidation I would think going in well it naturally does because what say you, you my think friend of those well it, when you look at the when you look at the the two positions in themselves like you said those are the positions where you say, I want those guys to be the most experienced if I have to pick two out of the five. <laughs> <laughs> and you're putting fresh, brand new snaps. Every play is a new play that I'm adding to my experience level. Mm-hmm. That's not what you wanted center normally and a left tackle. But I will say that they did an excellent job because Kendrick Green, even though. He did lose. He did lose his cool a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I, I'll t- I'll take the hot bloodedness. Right. Right. But at left tackle Dan Moore gave up a sack, but it didn't get in his head, and he kept playing. 
So I think that was what was very encouraging about the young pups against a very good D line. They didn't lose they they didn't lose themselves completely. Like each of them had their bugaboo play. And of course, when we go watch the film, there'll be some more technical things. But as far as things really hurting the Steelers offense, it was minimal considering what the task was in front of them. There's no question. You know, I'm going to lay it out like kind of like I see it. All right, you're talking about, again, an offensive line where you got four guys, four newbies coming in there. You've got two of them are rookies. You're playing in a venue where they're, it's an absolutely hostile environment, okay? you got to go on the silent count all day long. And it's a new offense, you know? And you know as well as I do, the running game takes some time to come around. You got to be able to get the, the, you know, the hogs getting their keisters going and getting it together, picking up, uh, you know, who you got to pick up, whether it's you're running the, the outside zone, the inside zone, the split zone, or you're gap blocking, you know, the power gap blocking. It takes some time to make sure that you guys are all on the same page and you learn the essences of when you have to double team, you got to get hip to hip. You know, when you're on a, on that outside track uh, running the stretch, you got an idea of what your guy, the guy ahead of you is looking at or the guy behind you understands what he, you know, you're looking at at the, at the lead dog. So it's all these kind of little things that you got to get used to. But here's the thing that I liked. And just like you said, some guys lost their cool a little bit, like Kendrick Green, but he didn't stay there. And then he, you know, came back. Dan Moore, like you said, yeah, he gave up a strip sack, but he who is without a a, a sin sack such as offensive lineman, raise, you know, don't yeah, put your hand up, right? Because all of us have been guilty of that. Okay, so the fact is, you got an offensive line that's finding its way. As Ben Roethlisberger said early on, he said, you know what? It's going to take some time. This is a work in progress, and we're going to just keep hammering away and that's what it is you know as well as i do when you got you're the sled dogs you pull that offense you work at it and then you just get down to barking every day you know what i mean yeah i mean and that you're absolutely right this entire team it's 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 always a journey right every season is a journey because there there is not a moment where they're not fully uh on trying to figure out each other for the entire offense. Cause there's a new iteration every year. Ooh, I like and that iteration. We got some big words yeah. going on already. There we go. Dictionary challenge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, 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 it is one of those things where every team has this unique journey and this version of the Steelers, this is going to be part of their journey is growing and learning every single week with each other and the adversities that that brings. And that's what, that's what makes every season special because there's something a little different every year. So I, that's why I'm looking forward to what they can be. And this is a young enough group. You'll have Zach Banner added back into that room minutia in another couple weeks. Right. And then that brings another challenge and another i think you know bright spot to this team because now how 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 does that five look how does that six look because now you have jumbo tight end responsibilities coming in as well so you have all these different pieces that will get unveiled and released as the season progresses you know you're exactly correct max and here's the thing that i always think about you know you got an offensive line generally 
for the most part, you've got uh, you've got sheepdogs. I mean, we were all protectors, all of us at some time. You basically boil down to three different working orders. You got your sheepdogs, you got your white tigers, like John Gruden used to say, you know, the white tiger that comes out occasionally, you know, and you see him yeah. and he makes the big play or may, you know. And then you've got your your lions. And the lions are the guys that hunt the wolves. The sheepdogs protect from the wolves. And the, the white tiger is the one that, you know, goes in between the two. And I think Adrian Clem is putting together some guys. we got a couple of lions, young lions on that, on that line that I want to see become those guys that are the finishers, that have that ability to go to the whistle, that, you know, when they come out, they're not um, satisfied, let's say, with uh, – driving a man outward, but putting the guy on the ground. And that's one of the things I think Adrian Clem just it, – it's a small sample. It's one-seventeenth of the sample that we're going to see. I'm hoping that they continue just on a track that I, I – just watching the film this morning as I was breaking it down. Yeah, you've had some breakdowns in pass protection. you got some breakdowns in the run game. But you've got guys that are willing to go to the whistle and put people uh, on in the dirt. And I like that. I like that a lot. Absolutely. And I'm hoping there's a couple of uh, lions and sheepdog clothing as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there's nothing wrong with sheepdogs. <laughs> all right? No, there's nothing wrong with sheepdogs. But at the same time, when you're young and you feel you're invincible, I want to see a little, you know, a little bit more of aggression. You know, I, I appreciate the echo of the whistle. Yes. You know, yes. as as we say, I appreciate that because, you know, I was that guy when I played. Right. I was a guy that I wanted to finish everything to the echo of the whistle. And if it just so happens that a guy went over the pile. Well, the guy just went over the pile. <laughs> and or if there was a guy on top of my my running back or my quarterback, I'm clearing them. I, I, I'm debriding them from the area. Right. You know, it's like when you <laughs> dust the leaves away, when you're trying to get to the storm cellar, it's like. So you just brush the leaf away. It just happens to be a human body. That's the leaf for me. But I never let anybody lay lay on top of my running back or right. or my or my quarterback. And occasionally, if I could get to the wide receivers, because they're usually too far downfield, um, I, I wanted to make sure they were up. And I, that that but it's just that type of mentality, right? Well, yes, that's the mentality. Is that I need my guy off the ground. His back should not be on the ground ever. And if he is, get it up as fast as possible. Like, don't allow the the the, op, the opponent to see your guy down in a vulnerable position, and so that's just the mentality. And I hope that those guys, I think they're developing that. I think Kendrick has that, but I want to see the other guys develop that same type of instinct because that that's also the pride in the line, right? Like, yes. I'm here to protect everybody on offense that wears that wears the black and gold jerseys. Well, I can tell you this too, just watching the film. I got through the first half. And watched, you know, you you watch the plays over and over and over again, and you know, but you can see uh, Trey Turner, Trey Turner. You can see why this dude was a five-time Pro Bowler. All right, this guy, this guy likes to give dirt naps to people. You know, yes. <laughs> you know, I like him. One of the things I I I miss Dave DeCastro. You know, because I thought very highly of Dave, but for Kevin Colbert to go out and this this could be. It's not going to be the same as the the Minka moment, or, or, or you know, or anything like that. But to come up with a five time Pro Bowler when your six time or seven time Pro Bowler is has had to be released because of injuries and everything like that, that's some brilliant general managing. 
You know, that's getting the job done at another level when you're able to pick up a piece like Trey Turner to insert into the starting lineup. A guy that comes out, and I watched him on the screen. Get Zooks, man. He got out on the hoof, and he just drilled the guy. I thought it was just tremendous. And, and it's like you said, you get more of that enthusiasm in the room where guys are running to finish, finish blocks, finish to the whistle. And, Max, tell me about it. When you see that on the screen in the meeting room, when your coach is talking about it, you know what you want to do. You want to be one of those guys that's up on the screen being you know, pointed out. That's what you want. Would you not say so? Oh, absolutely. You you want to be on the highlight reel, not the low light reel, right? <laughs> when you get in front of the team. <laughs> I like that. The highlight, not the low light. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah because you because you know the head coach is going to pull both up, you know, and, and it's, it's for that, you know, the guys that you want to you want to say, hey, this is how we do it. And then you see the guys like, this is not how we do it. I always want to be on the, that's how we do it. Like, I want to be on the clinic film, you know, not the clinic diagnosis uh, tape. Because, you know, the coaches always do their little clinic sessions where they're like, this is how we do it. This is how we not do it. And, you know, I'm like, no, I want to be on the highlight reel at all times. You don't want to be on the low light reel. Well, exactly so. Now, this is an offensive line. And, again, I reiterate. Mike, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ben Roethlisberger said it's going to be a work in progress, this whole offense. And you know with the new offensive line coach and with the new offensive coordinator and with newbies, a couple of rookies and everything, the, the, you know, the fact is that Ben got roughed up a little bit. He got sacked, what, twice? Um, he got hit, They, I think it was like six times. Um, but still, you know, Ben, I, I thought here's – you know, he, he was he was relatively well protected all day long in a, in a game or I'm say in an environment where you are on silent count with newbies. My gosh, man, you know how hard that is to hold your water all the time on the silent count. It drives you crazy, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it, it does. I, you know, I remember the first time when we were in Indianapolis, like and we didn't have a silent. Count oh, yeah. Back in 2005. And that was that was miserable because you can't hear, you don't know, you're just looking at the ball. At least now they at least have the head bobs. And of course, with Trey Turner doing, you know, looking back so that Kendrick Green can keep his eyes up and tapping him on the hip. But it's it's still a frustration when it's that loud and you can't hear. And it's all about the visual that you're looking for out the side of your uh, of your eye and trying to keep an eye on the defender with your other ones. Like you're almost trying to go wide eyed. And wishing that you had like you know greater than 180 degrees of vision. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now I got I just found the stat because I had to look for it because you know anytime I start quoting stats I need a fact checker. And then, so if, right now if you're not fact checking me then I got to fact check myself which is a double whammy that's no good. But I what, what I got it down is but Big Ben got sacked twice he got hit six times and the run game averaged less than four yards but the run game came on when it needed to come on Najee Harris dropped uh, some big a couple big runs good runs let's just say good runs at appropriate moments in time and that offensive line got the job done when it needed to in specific moments and again I go back to and, it, and it, I, I, I don't I don't think I'm making a whole lot of you know not making more of it than I am but the fact is that noise level was Incredible. 
It was just incredible. I've played in that state of Max. I'll tell you, the last time I played there, it was so loud in the first half, and we didn't have all the silent count stuff that you got today, you know, the tapping of the hip and the head bob and all that stuff. Um, but the only first down we had in the entire first half was we were backed up in that end zone where the ramp is, and and Freddie Smurls was a fast-twitch nose tackle. This guy, I mean, he was like a sneeze. You know, you move, he's quiver, he boom, he's, he's coming off. And Mike Webster squeezed the ball twice on him, two plays in a row. And we got that was our first down, which nearly precipitated a brawl in the Buffalo huddle between Jimmy Hazlitt, who is who's a noted hot temper guy, a linebacker, and Smurlis, who also had a hot temper, and the referee threatened to throw a flag on the two of them because they were very near to fighting each other in the huddle. It was pretty that was it was funny. You had to be there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, but that, but is it, but is it, is it, is it that, is it that just you know th- those moments, right? Yes. I mean, it, it, it's a tough. It, it's a, it's a, it's an environment where it's like it's good on good. And you're just like, man, hey, we, how do we get the advantage? How do we get the advantage now today with technology? They can go back and you know they can correct that stuff. But I mean, but in the moment, I mean, it's it's just one of those. It's just a great moment where you're just like. Hey, hey, listen, whatever we got to do, wherever we got to do, don't move. Just flex your fingers. Just flex your fingers just a couple of times. That's it. It's a finger. It's not a shoulder. All <laughs> right. <a> switch. <laughs> We're going to go to break. It's Wolf and Starks here in the morning in the locker room. We're back, and it's a Steelers victory Monday. We're going to come back. We're going to have calls. We want to know. Who are who you want to give a game ball to? Who are you going to give a game ball to? So we're going to have all this and more as Max gets his coffee going as uh, we come back after this message. Welcome back, everybody. It's a Steelers victory Monday morning. You're listening to ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And the number, if you want to call in, is 412 919 one six. I know that as I sit here, Chalucha is saying, say the number clearly, slow it down. <laughs> so we will do that. <laughs> Max, you know, we, we finished up. We were talking a little bit about the offensive line. And uh, one of the things that I thought was a turning point was the second half coming out and being able to notch, uh, put together a drive and, and drop a three to stop that Buffalo onslaught of the first half. What say you, my friend? Well, I I think it was definitely, you know, the the momentum changer. I think the first two drives of the second half were the ones that really gave me confidence. Because I think if you look at that first half, you're just like 54 yards of total offense. Like, what? Whoa, there's way too many weapons out here for them (laughs) to only generate 54 yards. But in the span of those two drives, they literally tripled their production. They went from 54 to 179, you know, just like that. And they controlled the line of scrimmage as well as the time of possession in that third quarter. And that was what was like, okay, now it's clicking. They switched from going to all the zone plays, outside zone, stretch zone. And they said, we're going to run between the tackles. And that gave Najee kind of the juice, right? Kind of gave him that fuel that he needed running and attacking because, when you have undersized linemen that are on the opposite side of you, the one thing you don't want to do is give them lanes. And that's what the stretch in the zone give you. They give you lanes. And for right. defensive linemen that are undersized, 
they knife through those lanes, right? It's like going, it's like, it's like jumping through traffic when you have a sports car versus having a 16 wheeler. You don't weave through <laughs> as much. And that's what they created. They created those lanes for those D linemen in the first half. But then the second half, they said, guess what? Pulling out the bulldozers, baby. And we're plowing forward. And that's when you saw a different momentum from that offensive line and the offense in general started to click. Indeed. You know, I, and I thought uh, I, we were talking back and forth and we're saying, you know, I'd like to see him go at him a little bit more. I mean, you got Ed Oliver, who's uh, six foot one, 287 pounds in there. You know, you've got uh, some other guys there, uh, Jerry Hughes, that's a 250 pounder. You got Mario Addison, who's another 260, that sort of guy. Now they did have Vernon Butler, who, because star Lota Laley was, uh, was hurt, he got in there. He's a big. He's a big chunk of flesh. I mean, that's a three hundred thirty pound mastodon. But to get after him straight on, I, I, I was with you, man. Let's go, baby. Just let's lock and load and go at him and move these guys at the point of attack. And this, in my mind, was one of the keys to the second half because, like you said, they literally tripled their production over the next two series. And a lot of it had to do with once you get moving those guys a little bit, and then you're able to pass protect, and they found their footing in it. You know, you, you start to light up and, and get the job done that you needed. And one of the things I loved was when they ran that uh, reverse with Chase Claypool coming around, and you had the Friermuth go out and get the kick out. You had Kendrick Green getting down the field, going after people. Um, that really, in my mind, was really exciting. It was it was a great part of turning the tide. Well, and, and think about what set that up, right, Wolf? I mean, it was – you ran between the tackles. You used a little counteraction early. You you, <clears throat> you 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 had uh, you had Trey Turner pulling on a couple of plays. Then you had Kevin Dotson pull on one. Then you had a couple doubles. So when you get those edge plays is when you get that defense to constrict. They're like, okay, they're running between the tackles. Right. So now that five gets a little tighter. That three gets a little tighter to the inside. He's not as loose in the B gap. And then, boom, you hit him on the edge with your speed. Because Kendrick Green can run. Like, he has that pouncy-ish, because it's the number. I'm going to make that reference. Right. That's the only way I make that reference. Is <laughs> there's only one pouncy. True but word. he can move in space. He, ha he has the fleet of foot. And Pat Firemuth is a kid that's big and athletic. So you get those plays. But you have to soften the middle. So that it forces them to kind of clinch, right? You know, it's like, it's like, it's like when somebody touches your stomach. You're like, okay, uh, uh, I'm going to tighten up. Right. I want to feel the abs. Feel the abs when you touch it. Um, that's what you're getting the defense to do. Tighten up in the box, and then you can hit those edge plays. But if you keep running stretch zone, stretch zone, that play probably would not have worked. That's exactly the point. You're right on. Because of yeah. the fact of the matter, it's like Rocky Balboa going to the body, right? Go, Rock. Boom, 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 boom. Keep hammering away. Then you go to the head. Well, that's Part and yeah. parcel, the theory, what you're just espousing right now, my friend, is the fact that you you know you you got to constrict that defense, you got to make them tighten up, and they did, and then you started to get downfield a little bit too with some of the like oh Chase Claypool, I think it was in the fourth quarter when he high pointed that catch along the sidelines. I mean, dead yeah. gummit. I'll say this when when Big Ben uh, takes over, the man takes over. And I thought the difference between Josh Allen and Ben, besides the number of years, say whatever you want, because they, to me, they're essentially two guys very, very similar. Uh, you know, Josh reminded me of a young Ben. 
you know, and 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 Josh, uh, Josh will be a lot like Ben, I'm sure, down the road. You know, as he ages and 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 stops going head first, you know, in that running attack. But when Ben decided, you know, take over and take over, he did. My goodness, the man was just—I thought he was superb. Yeah, and I think early on, the toughest thing to combat is to to play for that wind. I mean, I don't think. Fans at home that were watching on television or listening to our broadcast could really appreciate how windy it was. It was exceptionally oh, yeah. windy down there. And so when you saw those balls, like, man, Ben should have put it on Najee on the little check down pass or that wide open one that he had uh, in the red zone. It's like that wind, if you, you have to throw it with a certain amount of zip to cut that wind, and when you're trying to put touch on it, it really affected how both of them really wanted to play. Uh, but Ben made the adjustment, I think, quicker than Josh Allen did. But very similar styles in both of them. And, you know, and I, I think Ben tried tried to channel a little bit of Josh Allen in that one rush we were talking about in the third quarter, Man. where I was like, I, you know, I was like, I had PTSD. I was like, Ben, get down, get down. No, no, no. no don't do it. Don't do it. Don't 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 lower the shoulder. Just lower your whole entire body on the ground. Just get on the ground. Just get the positive yardage. <laughs> exactly so, my friend. All right. The number is 412-919-1316. We're going to go to the calls here. All right. We got Ed from Cleveland up first. Ed from the Mistake on the Lake. How are you doing, my friend? Good, good, Wolfie. We're good. We're good here in Cleveland today on a victory Monday and a, and a Cleveland loss. Hey, I just want to say uh, uh, thanks for coming into the show, Max. We're going to be happy to have you, uh, the newcomer. I'm just, I call weekly on Mondays just to give my takes, and uh, I'm a regular caller. Been here for a while. I just want to introduce myself to you a little bit here. Uh, I give my reports from enemy, enemy tori- territory, and today is a good report, guys. I love to see that Browns team lose, man. I was like, like it was like a perfect day yesterday. It was like Steelers come back and win. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but we block a punt and. Uh, uh, get a touchdown off that punt, and then the Browns make a mistake on a punt, and they lose the game on a punt. I don't know if you guys seen any of that. Didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, that Jamie Gilliam dropped a punt or something like that, and then uh, uh, Casey came back to score a touchdown on it. It was was great. Anyways, yeah, I just want to let you know, sorry about everything that happened. I don't want to talk about that, but Steelers, I'm just glad to have you guys back, Wolf. I, I, I I love your show, and I want to call and give some game balls today. Today, my my game ball on defense. I, I believe there's three of them on defense that that uh, we deserve. You can go with TJ, who had a phenomenal phenomenal game. I yes, guess, you know, a guy didn't practice all all all, all preseason or pre- camp, and then he comes in and has a couple sacks and a strip fumble, and like he's Superman or something. <laughs> and then the other one was uh, Cam, Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton played an awesome game, and I did not expect any of that out of him. I knew he was good in the slot, but I didn't think he was going to be that good on the outside. I thought he played well yesterday. But my my, my game ball on defense has got to go to the old man. That number 97, our captain, I mean, <laughs> I mean that yeah. guy was a player yesterday. He knocked two balls down and had a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. He just had a, had a great game. Uh, anyway, uh, and, then, and then on the offensive side uh, – I got. Uh, I, I like to give it to Ben, but I think that you just mentioned it. Whoop! That catch that Claypool had down the sideline, and when he had that catch, I think that opened our whole offense up a little bit. I think it gave us a little bit more, more respect. 
And I think a lot of guys are going to start saying that our, our team, we looked like last year, the team that, but it isn't. You, I, I think we're just the kind of team that we got to open with the pass to open up Najee. We're not, you know, our, our offensive lines is getting new. So, anyways, those are my two game balls. I just want to get out of here and just reporting happy victory Monday for Steeler Nation. And uh, uh, good to have you around, Max. Thanks, Wolf. We'll see you. We'll talk to you guys later. Have Appreciate you, Ed. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. Ed. Thank you. That was a nice warm welcome for Max. I like that. That's very good. Because, <laughs> you know, Tunch would do That's what he'd want. You know, we open up the locker room, and, of course, the, the theory of the locker room is it started out years ago, Max was, and you've known this uh, as we've talked before, but it's like the locker room as we as ball players. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has an opportunity to voice it. This is Steelers Nation. It's a clearinghouse for all things Steeler-related, and certainly we love to hear from guys across enemy, enemy lines there, like Ed over in Cleveland, you know? So you got to love it. Yeah, it, 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 hey. That's what that's what we like to call the the espionage, right? We need the spies <laughs> behind enemy lines to give us the intel, so that when we go over across those lines and start to create a new battlefront, you know, we need those guys. We need to know where the mortars are. We need to know where you know th- those grenadiers are, so we can get over there and we can establish ourselves and just bomb them like we hopefully will do later this year in Cleveland. No question about it. We're on a roll. The, 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 the phone lines are open. No, we're not. We got, to, we got to go to break. Okay. I Jacob waved me off, and I got the hand sign. Okay. So we got to go to break. We'll be back yeah. with more right after this. It's, it's Wolf and Starks in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh, and Steelers Nation Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you uh, tuning in, and it's a victory Monday, and we're so very excited. All juiced up. I've had my coffee. Max has had his coffee. Uh, you're you're getting on a roll, brother. You're getting on a roll. Now I got to ask you something. All right. You remember that Buffalo line? They were five wide and they were biggins. They were guys that you would see maybe at a sumo tournament over in Tokyo, Japan, all five of them, they're big hoofers. And you know, they accounted for four holding calls. Tell me about a pass rush that is so intense because you, you had, you only got Josh three times, but three is still a lot. But you hit him eight times, and this is a guy that runs. He's a physical 6'5", 250-pounder. He's capable, but still, four holding calls says you put an offensive lineman in conflict an awful lot. Yeah, you put a lot of what we call strain (laughs) on the offensive line. because. And then think about this. They also passed the ball 51 times in that game. Now, you would think with a bigger 300-plus across-the-board group that you would start trying to take the fight to them because if you looked at the Steelers, they were in nickel personnel, dime and quarter, almost the entire game. I think there was like two snaps of regular 3-4 right. the entire game. And what the Steelers did that was so great, which really took advantage of them, was you saw at different points where you had Cam, Wormley, Davis, you know, uh, Alu Alu that were on one side of the ball. And then you had 
TJ Mel Ingram, Alex Highsmith on the other side. So they really had to make decisions. So you have beef on one side, speed on the other, and a lot of stunts and twists to get open. Um, and so it really presented a challenge. And I think it especially hurt the tackles because Daryl Williams, Deion Dawkins were constantly in a position where they're trying to merge down because of the slants from the two big guys. Right. But then you have a, you have an outside linebacker looping from the other side, so then trying to go catch him. Or there was a number of times where the speed was off the edge, and because Alex Highsmith is so good at that duck under move, right. and then come back up, and of course TJ has his chop to rip, um, you saw the holding calls. These guys weren't ready for that speed, for that power, and for all of the movement that they had to do. The biggest way you eliminate big guys like myself, I can, I can understand, I can sympathize, is you get them moving laterally before they can move with depth. And that's what that's what the genius of what Carl Dunbar, Keith Butler did to really change it up and really get them thinking. And, and, it, and it worked to perfection because once you start getting one holding call, it, it's that leaking effect. It lingers in your mind. So then you're trying to do your best not to get a holding call. But at the same time, sometimes you forget your hands. And of course, against this group, you cannot do that. And when you give a group that's adept at pass rushing the opportunity to rush like 51 times, you're going to hit home in a number of those occasions. And none better than when you have T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, Mel Ingram hitting your quarterback constantly because now he gets a little gun shy on his rushes as well. You know, it's funny, you know, you think about the great Alan Fanico, who, of course, you played with, and you, uh, you know, you, you guys, we all watch him go into the Hall of Fame. Four holding calls in his entire career of over 200 games. You know what? It's the one thing I was better at than Fanica because I got four in one game one time. <laughs> <laughs> I was that good at it. I got called four times. <laughs> oh, that was a bad day at Black Rock for the kid here. All right, we're going to go oh to the phones. God. Yes, indeed. 412-919-1316. Let's go to Juan in Charleston, South Carolina. Juan, how you doing, brother? Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Doing well. Doing good, Juan. Thank you for sipping the call. Max, welcome to the locker room. I'm one, I'm one of the biggest callers, so you'll be hearing me all season. Well, Max is one of the biggest guys we've ever had in the locker room. So, biggest caller, biggest <laughs> biggest guy, we'll go with that. Yes. <laughs> okay, um, game balls on defense. You can give it to TJ or Cam, but I'm, I'm gonna give one to um to the secondary Cam Cam sorry. Yes. James Pierre James Pierre they had a good game yesterday. What you guys think about that? What do you think, Max? Ooh. I'll give you first shot at that. All right. Well, definitely on Cam Sutton. We we talked about this wolf uh, at length. The, he came up huge in those two fourth down stops, mm. um, and none bigger than. Whatever they want to call that trickeration play, the flea flicker, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the the flea, it's more like the flea swatter, um, <laughs> is what they'll call it because there was no flick. There was just a there was just there was there was a pitch and a thump, and it was Cam Sutton delivering a hit. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but, so. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, Cam Cam did such a tremendous job, and like you said, having the pass breakups as well. You know, moving from outside corner. And playing the lead slot, you know, when they, when they had a lot of those nickel situations, and a lot of it came when you had Diggs in the slot, and when you had Emmanuel Sanders in the slot, which I thought 
it's like, okay, he's traveling with quote unquote, the number one receiver um, in that situation. And you slide Trey Norwood out to a Gabe Davis, who might've been the singled receiver on the outside. So I thought it was just genius to have that happen. Of course, you eventually want Arthur Millette, Trey Norwood to be those slot guys. But <clears throat> I thought for now, until they get more comfortable, that was a tremendous thing. And then, like you said, James Pierre coming in, James had some big hits downfield. I think one on digs on like a 25 yard route where he broke it up and you're like, okay, this is why. And, and the guys did that in the preseason. We watched them do it in the preseason. We're like, okay, James Pierre is a guy that can play Arthur Millette until the injury. We're like, man, Arthur Millette's really playing himself into a roster spot. And, um, and James Pierre just answered the call. I think that's the biggest thing you can say. When you have those type of receivers, you got Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and um, Dawson Knox, you've got to have enough bodies to do it. And they did a tremendous job and playing a lot of sub-personnel, nickel, diamond, quarter, throughout that game. I thought he did. I thought both those guys did a, did a uh, tremendous job. So I, I completely agree. You know, one of the things yeah. that we're going to jump in, Juan, real quick, too, is because here in the, in the, in the papers, uh, Mike Tomlin said, we saw that bunch formation on, on fourth down or, or some, some downs, uh, you know, several times. And they gave it to the fullback. He said, it's just naturally to think, well, this could be the process by which they go about that throwback all right, and and that Cam Sutton nailed the guy on fourth and one, and what a great job of like uh, getting a little Nostradamus. You know, you're thinking, okay, what's yeah. going to happen? Well, let's uh, we've seen this formation. They give it to the fullback. Well, you know what happens if they 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 fake it and then they throw it out and a little quick screen. That was just a great job of looking with foresight and being able to analyze it. And then for Cam to see that and react with those eyes, remember, you see it and then you have to do it. Well, his C-Do was excellent, just excellent on that play. Yeah, And C-Do's are also no. great jet skis as well. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, true. And another, and another game ball. Let's get one to UG3 because if it wasn't for his tackle on um, the big 75-yard return, Buffalo probably would have scored, and then he got the punt block return also. You know, one of the things I will say, yeah. you know, I hate to be right, but before the kickoff, I said with McKenzie, I said, this guy is slicker than snot on a doorknob. I mean, I watched him in preseason. He's quick. He's fast. He's capable. And dead gummit, when he was when he broke free, I was like, oh, no, please. I, this is not a time to be right. But you know what? You <laughs> are correct, Juan. He did make the, the play, UG3. And then he was the scoop and score guy when Miles Killebrew was so excellent coming up the middle and, and turning his body. What a great job of getting the ball without getting the punter. You know what I mean? Because if you miss that ball and you take out the punter, that is just such a deflator for a defense. And that was just a great job by uh, Miles Killebrew and, and getting, you know, and, and angling his body. You know, blading, as we used to call it in boxing, you blade your body, turning, get an angle, and then, of course, you know, blocking the punt and scoop and score. Loved it. Very good, Juan. Oh, Thank yeah. you so much. Anything else? No, that will be all, you guys. Have a good week. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for coming right, checking thanks, in, Juan. Juan. Have missed you, my friend. Indeed. There's no question about it. You know, the thing about it is, Max, when you look at these guys and you see the great job Defensively speaking, I was a little worried without uh, Steph Tuitt being up there to line up with Cam Hayward. You know, I mean, 
you know, you Carlos Davis, Isaiah Bugs, these are guys that have to come through and, and get some reps and, and be able to contribute. And I was a little bit worried because, you know, with Chris Warmly and everything, you know, Chris is a good player, but let's face it, too, it is an excellent player. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it it, it take it's going to take three guys to replace a Stefan to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Bugs, Davis, and Wormley. I also thought that Chris Wormley did an excellent job. I think in this situation, like, it, it you you say, man, we misstepped to it. But in this situation, I think it was okay. Like his his whole entire presence not being there was okay. Because Chris Wormley in a four-down situation is going to thrive because he's tall. He creates, right. you know, a, a, to take away a pass lane with his height. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's still going to be missed. All right, Max, it's Wolf and Starks in the locker room here on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after this. The number is 412-919-1316. See you in a few. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.